This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. How are you? Very well. It's a historic day, of course. We've got a new Prime Minister going to be um, sworn in very shortly. Uh, Boris Johnson has now left 10 Downing Street and Liz Truss will be the new PM. But uh, I'm interested to know if there's been any market reaction because we've had some rumours over the last 24 hours that one of uh, Mrs Truss's uh, first acts will be a freeze on energy bills. And I would imagine markets would probably quite like that. Yeah, I mean, if this is true, then this is, I think, a positive, at least in the near term, because it alleviates some of the economic concerns. I think maybe from a sterling perspective, because it's such a broad brush approach, while we could see it have a negative impact on inflation initially because of the kind of external energy related inflation, um, there could potentially be second round effects in terms of uh, the fact that because it's such a broad brush approach, that you're effectively boosting people's incomes, which is increasing that kind of demand side. So we could see more domestic inflation on the back of it, which may be perhaps what the markets are also factoring in slightly. Of course, we're only responding to rumours right now. But obviously, as we've seen before, the Bank of England is far more focused on domestic driven inflation and it is on external driven inflation so this could perhaps be one of those kind of drivers uh, but i think maybe the economic impact alone if we are going to see an energy price freeze before the 80 percent increase in october uh, that could potentially also be what's giving the pound a bit of a a bit of a boost today so i mean i think first and foremost i mean we with these policies which are being announced we're a bit behind the curve because we've had this, uh, we've had the race uh, for Downing Street over the last couple of months, whereas maybe other countries have been more focused on that domestic agenda. So Liz Truss has had plenty of time to come up with a, a big approach. Her in-tray is huge, and I think she's got to hit the ground running. And it seems, given these rumours that are now circulating overnight, that she plans to hit the ground running, and that this is going to be a really big first week. Everyone always talks about the first 100 days in office when it comes to a new Prime Minister, and I think for Liz Truss, it's probably going to be more like the first 7 to 10 days is really going to define how the next two and a half years is going to be. She's got some big announcements, some big decisions to make that are going to have very significant consequences and this could potentially uh, be a good start and I think households and bit small businesses based on these rumours will probably be looking at uh, uh, this announcement and be relatively happy. It's an unenviable task isn't it what she's uh, taking on but as you said if she does hit the ground running and introduces some popular ideas and popular policies reminds me a little bit of Rishi Sunak when uh, he gave all that money away uh, for the furlough scheme, uh, hundreds of billions of pounds uh, during COVID. And uh, here's Liz Truss doing a similar kind of thing. They're talking about something in the region of £100 billion worth of uh, help. And as you said, markets are quite liking it in terms of sterling because it might mean that inflation goes up, which will see uh, interest rates probably go higher than we may have expected if we'd gone into a recession. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, the devil's in the detail, right? We need to see exactly if it is going to be targeted at all. We need to know what's going to partner it. Is it just going to be this and then small business support as well? Or are we going to see more policies? We've talked uh, previously about the fact that she's touted the idea of reversing the national insurance uh, hike uh, that we that was implemented earlier this year. And there's other policies which she's talked about, other tax cuts that she's talked about potentially implementing as well. It's all about the time frame and whether this is deemed to be 
inflationary or not because she does have the unenviable task right now where she's facing inflation which the bank of england and this is probably an outdated forecast now thought was going to reach 13.3 percent goldman sachs said it could surpass 20 percent just a few days ago and an economy that the bank of england which may even be outdated now said that could the recession could last five quarters and we could see negative growth for two years so that's a really unenviable task trying to stimulate growth without generating inflation trying to trying to fix one while not hurting the other that's an extremely uh, an extremely difficult task and if this is a broad based stimulus approach that does have second round effects and more domestic inflation problems then what you're effectively doing is trying to fix today's problem at the expense of tomorrow so it's going to be hard to fully judge uh, her decision making now we'll have to wait and see how things go but i guess desperate times call for desperate measures and maybe this is what we're seeing more globally, Craig, that prospect of higher interest rate hikes and weaker demand is having an effect on oil. It did have a bit of a rally uh, yesterday and late last week, but it's fallen quite significantly today, around about 3%. Is that down also to concerns about Chinese demand because of COVID? To be honest, there's so many different factors at play in the oil market right now. It's, all, it's sometimes hard on a day-by-day basis to try and really pinpoint exactly what has driven uh, the movements that we are seeing. We know that, for example, China is implementing more widespread testing and that we are seeing an extension of some lockdowns and restrictions that have been in place uh, over the course of the weekend. So that could be having a uh, negative impact. We are seeing more and more desperate measures from the PBOC and from the Chinese government uh, in order to try and support the economy we've seen rate cuts recently uh, we've seen a one trillion yuan stimulus uh, program announced overnight we had a uh, foreign currency triple uh, r cut that's a way to try and support the yuan ultimately because the pboc is constantly having to support the yuan because the dollar has been so strong edging ever closer uh, towards that big seven uh, marker something that the markets have been paying very close to we haven't seen it do that uh, for a couple of years and the pboc has been pushing back with its daily fix it's been stronger than markets have expected now for for almost a couple of weeks uh, and i think that's a sign that we're seeing this really defensive approach from the pboc towards the currency at a time when they're trying to stimulate the economy and the government is trying to stimulate the economy without generating too much inflation so again the uk isn't the only country uh, facing economic difficulties right now and tough decisions um and and you can see that uh and with compounding compounded by the fact that we are seeing those lockdowns in china um that, that is having an effect as well and that could be what is potentially driving some of that lower demand for crude but also we are just facing a global economic um reality right now where lower growth is now the the, the expe- expectation and it's a case of can many of these countries avoid recession so i do think that kind of narrative and that story is driving the price lower as well the prospects for a nuclear deal as well although again they seem to have hit a stumbling block once more but then you've got the flip side which is what opec plus announced yesterday now it's worth noting 100,000 barrels a day cut isn't really that significant it's 0.1 percent of global supply it's also the complete opposite of what they announced last month 
a bit of a kick in the teeth, really, to President Joe Biden. Last month's 100,000 barrel increase was seen as a, uh, a kind of token gesture after his trip to Saudi Arabia, which came at a big political cost. And now they've taken that away so quickly. But it really seems to be a warning to the markets. If you're going to continue with this kind of level of price volatility and you're going to continue to drive the price lower, then um, the consequences are going to be we're going to cut the production and we're going to try and boost prices again. So that that it's interesting to see the markets falling by 3% today just one day after uh, that uh, announcement came just one day after that warning shot was fired so i think that's going to be a really interesting one to watch again over the coming days because another thing that opec plus did announce in that was that they will hold uh, a, a, they will hold extraordinary meetings in between uh, scheduled meetings if they do see too much volatility and wrong wrong way price direction in the markets. In other words, the next meeting is scheduled for the 5th of October and they will happily meet again and cut production if traders don't effectively play ball, which I thought was an interesting add-on as well. Indeed. Okay, Craig, another story overnight. We saw an increase in rates from the RBA. We did, and it was in line with expectations, a 50 basis point rate hike. So that was uh, there was nothing really too surprising there. They also signaled that more rate hikes will come. They also said that they think inflation will return to, the, to around 3% by 2024. Of course, all central banks uh, have had that belief at times without actually delivering on that and trying to look two years into the future seems incredible to me considering it seems hard enough for many of these forecasters to see three months into the future so i think we've got to take those forecasts with a pinch of salt but markets are still pricing in another 50 basis point rate hike next month and then one more after one more 25 basis points after that uh, this year and a couple more after that so it there's still a long way to go in terms of raising interest rates to try and uh, to try and slow inflation and try and get it back towards target and the RBA just continuing without a great aggressive tightening cycle and signaling more to come. We're also going to hear from the Bank of Canada tomorrow, Craig. Yeah, so we're going to hear from the Bank of Canada tomorrow. They're expected to raise interest rates by 75 basis points. You'll remember that this actually came after a 100 basis point rate hike at the last meeting. The Fed did not match that as many feared they could. But the Bank of Canada now is looking to slow back down, it seems, to 75 basis points. We've also got the monetary policy report hearing from the Bank of England. That comes with an added level of interest. I'm sure you'll agree now that we've had a few more weeks since that meeting itself, since those forecasts which now seem outdated. But also, we've now got a new prime minister and we're seeing these reports being touted about uh, big old stimulus programs. Now, they're not going to be factoring that into their forecast at this stage because they don't know the details. But it will be interesting to see what they've got to say about this kind of uh, about the rumours that are circulating around. Or if we do get any details between now and then, then their views will be interesting in terms of what that does mean for interest rates further down the road. OK, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again soon. Great. Thanks a lot. This is the Oanda Podcast.